0: we continue our study of the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter four, verse 25 says, Therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth each one of you with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Please follow along with Pastor Jim as he teaches today's portion of this week's message entitled, Speak Truth. We come back to Ephesians um chapter Four and today we 're going to go further into the subject of the Walk of the New Man, or as I described it last time, you knew after the week before when we just called when we called it you b c you know what you were, you know what you have been made into in Christ if you 've ever been part of a club or an athletic team, you know that there are things that identify you as belonging to that group and make the team coherent and as productive as can be there's the, the appearance, the the conduct you might even have a team curfew, um, team activities, maybe even a, a sport specific diet, and they're all designed to give the desired appearance to go along with your identity as a team so that you are as productive as a team as you can possibly be. Well, Ephesians chapter 4, starting at verse 25 and going all the way through chapter 6 verse 9, is that with regard to our identity in Christ. In chapter 4, verse 1, it was called walking worthy of the calling with which we've been called. You've been called to be this thing, so now here's how you need to look, act, think, well, walk, how you need to live. Now, last week we talked about laying aside the old man and putting on the new man. And uh, the responses to our study last week were... More plentiful than usual and uh, quite encouraging, actually, about laying aside the old man and putting on the new. Gave me a lot of joy over how many of you obviously grasped the point and some of you really coming clear for the first time. Uh, How many of you understand the beautiful simplicity of how we work together in the body of Christ and what biblical counseling is, private tutoring toward spiritual maturity and how it differs from the worldly idea of psychotherapy. I want to clarify one thing, though. Not because of what I said, but because of what I didn't say. It's crucial that we make sure you understand that laying aside the old man and putting on the new man is not describing becoming a Christian. It's presupposing that you have been redeemed. You can't put on the, no, the the new man unless you are a new creature by virtue of being saved. Now, I am all in favor of getting rid of sinful and destructive behavior and replacing it with better behavior. That's always a good thing. A person who is enslaved to an addiction is going to spiral downward, uh, and it's far better to not be addicted to a substance like drug or alcohol, or to a destructive behavior like gambling or promiscuity. But you need to understand that merely changing behavior does nothing to solve your ultimate problem. Your ultimate problem is that you are created in the image of God, but you are in rebellion against your Creator. You are alienated from Him. That has to be Taken care of. If you don't call out to God to save you, not through anything you've done, but through the finished work of His Son, Jesus Christ, who died for your sins and rose again, if you don't do that, you are destined for the lake of fire, what we usually call hell. And no matter how we spit shine your behavior between now and the end of your life, if you don't belong to Christ, it's going to be a terrible eternity. So, it starts with the new birth. You can't do what chapter 4 calls you to do until you've lived through what chapter 2 describes happens to you. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1, here's a subtle way to say it, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins. That's Ephesians 2 1, but skip down to verse 4, but God... You were dead, but God fixed the problem. You were dead, but God, being rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses and and transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ. So before we think about putting on the new man laying aside the old man, being renewed in the spirit of your mind, putting on the new man, Um, you have to have called out to God, like that man in, in Luke 18, be merciful to me, the sinner. If you haven't ever done that, today is the day to do that. Then you can learn to lay aside the old man, be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and put on the new man. So our section today begins with a therefore. This is now addressed to somebody who wants to be putting on the new man, wants to be growing in Christ. Uh, I, I want you to walk the walk of a new man, says Paul, so let's make sure that that's what you are in Christ. Now, if you're in Christ, get your conduct to match up to your position by laying aside the old man and putting on the new. Now, this new man, this man that's in Christ, person in Christ, Walks in a certain way. Walk is how you live. It's called the, the the worthy walk of oneness in chapter four, verse one. But it's also a walk in truth, a walk in love, a walk in purity, a walk in light, a walk in wisdom, and a walk in the Holy Spirit. Those are the themes that await us in the verses right before us. The rest of chapter four all falls under the theme of walking in truth, and we begin that passage today. This is actually a series of interwoven imperatives with various degrees of explanation attached to them, but the basic theme is truthfulness. Truthfulness before God, speaking the truth of God, and speaking truthfully, honestly, before people. Now, we're going to work our way through this passage by noting the, the key commands, and we'll include the rest of them along the way. As I said, the basic idea is the new man walks in truth. Now, as I looked forward to this, I intended for us to look at the first three of the seven commands which round out chapter 4. They are, speak truth, be angry, and that's not a misprint, and stop stealing, stop stealing. then Uh, reality set in, and about Thursday afternoon, it turns out we're only going to deal with the first of the seven. So here is a very detailed one-point outline. Speak truth, one verse, 425, therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth each one of you with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. That's the keynote for the rest of chapter 4. The other six commands are in one way or another derived from speaking truth and being members of one another. Now, as I said, it begins with the word, therefore, on the basis of what has been said in verses 17 through 24, assuming you are in Christ, assuming you want to lay aside those old things that you still remember way too well, you want to put on the new man, now Paul's going to make a very specific and direct application. He says, laying aside falsehood. That's where it starts. Exactly the same idea as laying aside that he had back in verse 22. A corollary of laying aside the old man is laying aside all falsehood. Uh, In view of the fact that in Christ you've been taught to put off the old man, put on the new, here's a good way to start. Lay aside falsehood and speak truth. Now, you notice the phrase, uh, speak truth, Each one of you with his neighbor has some capital letters in it in our translation. That's because that's the way the New American Standard Bible uh, tips you off, that this is in the New Testament, but it's quoting something from the Old uh, Testament. This actually comes from Zechariah chapter 8, verse 16. But Paul has already mentioned speaking truth, speaking truth in love, back in verse... um, 15, so he's just tying together what he's already been saying. Being a Christian is inextricably tied to talking like a Christian. And notice he says, speak truth with your neighbor or with his neighbor. Neighbor in the context refers to fellow Christians, and if you doubt that, read on. For we are members of one another. We've talked about being members of one body earlier in this chapter. So this speaking truth, each one of you with his neighbor, has to do with the things that we say in relationships between Christians. Now truth, obviously in one sense that refers to all truth. Remember earlier in chapter 4, the theology of unity in verses 4, 5, and 6, doctrinal essentials that are non-negotiable. We, we speak that truth. If someone is out of bounds regarding one of those things, we go in love and we speak truth to, to explain to them what God actually says. But it also refers to, the speaking truth also refers to speaking truthfully, speaking Honestly, so he's using it in the most using truth here in the most general sense. We must speak biblical truth, but we must also speak with integrity and honesty. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program.